Hello and welcome back to The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource you towards growth in all areas of life spiritual, personal and professional. We seek to do this through our Catholic coaching programs for women, our Catholic Women's Masterclass, our online events and our other resources. If you are interested in checking out any of these initiatives, I invite you to visit our website www.geniusproject.co or come and follow us on Instagram, genius underscore project underscore daily. You can also watch the live recordings of these podcasts on the Genius Project YouTube channel. Well, ladies, I hope and pray that you had a very blessed and holy Christmas. We certainly did. We've been up to Queensland to visit my family. We had a good few weeks up there. And now we're back getting ready for 2023. And I wonder how you are going to begin this new year. I think every new year is a beautiful opportunity for us to take stock, take inventory of our lives and to really slow down and think about how we want to live. How do we want to live through this next year? Where do we want to be in 12 months time? So to kick off season four of the Genius Podcast of 2023, we are really blessed to be joined by Heather Kim as our guest on this week's episode of the Genius Podcast. Heather Kim is an established speaker and writer, worship leader with over 25 years of experience. She attended the Franciscan University of Steubenville where she studied theology and catechetics and met her husband, Jake. Currently, Heather speaks on a variety of topics. She leads conferences, retreats, and women's ministry. And she is the successful co-host of the Abiding Together podcast. Her passion is evangelization, discipleship, and creating environments for people to have a personal encounter with God. She lives in British Columbia with Jake and their three teenage children. I'm so excited to be able to share this conversation that I had with Heather with you as we kick off season four of the Genius Podcast. I think the new year is a beautiful time for us to take inventory of our lives, to really slow down, press pause, and take a moment and ask some of the really deep and important questions of life before the year starts spinning around us. Some of those questions are, how am I living? How do I want to live throughout this year? Where do I want to be in 12 months time? How am I going to seek the Lord in a new way? How do I want the Lord to reveal himself to me and bring about a healing and a restoration in my life that will leave me and allow me to live the life of fullness that he has promised me? These are some of the questions that we're going to cover in today's conversation. So ladies, I really invite you to carve out some space and some time just to listen to this podcast. You probably are going to want to go back and listen to it again because Heather just shares so much wisdom in this conversation. There were times in our conversation where Heather had me truly captivated and really invited me into a deeper space of contemplation in my own life as we recorded the podcast. And I know that as you listen to her wisdom, you are going to want to do the same. You might want to get out a journal and a pen and just take some notes in this very beautiful conversation. Well, Heather, welcome to the Genius Podcast. It's lovely to have you joining us all the way from Canada. Thank you. It's so great that we can do this. Amazing. 
It is amazing. That's one of the bonuses of technology, right? And uh, yeah. being able to connect. Exactly. Uh, Thanks for having me. Oh, well, it's beautiful. I know that many of our listeners follow you on your Abiding Together podcast, which is beautiful. I, I noticed that it's hit in the top 1%. Is that correct? Of podcasts around the world? Yeah, we yeah, it's amazing actually. I just got that news last night and I was I sent it to Sister Miriam and Michelle and I just said, Can you believe this? Like this is nuts. Like we even took a break for six months. How is this even happening? You know, so honestly, we were just so humbled and I just was thinking it actually made me a little bit teary. And I was like, this is just so special, like how people allow us to come alongside them and journey with them in this way. So yeah, it's a real privilege. Such a gift. And I think, I mean, I've listened to many of your podcasts and they're very beautiful. They have beautiful um, presence in them. But one thing I love that you bring, I guess, is this wisdom. You bring this real depth of wisdom um, and groundedness, which I guess has come from your experiences in life, which we'll dive into in a little mm. bit. But I, I was reading on your website, you talk about your passion being for discipleship, for evangelization, and for creating environments where people can encounter Christ. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you can share a little bit with us about how as women we can do that because it's it's quite we're starting this new year 2023 and mm-hmm. sometimes I think it's really great if we can just be still and be really intentional have a think about how we want to enter the year um, and mm-hmm. I think this whole theme of creating spaces whether that's in our own life in our marriage our friendships in our parenting so I'm wondering if you've got some some thoughts on that. Yeah, that's a great question, actually. You know, often when I'm thinking about environments for encounter, I'm thinking about, you know, where, how can we do like liturgical celebrations or worship kind of celebrations or conferences or gatherings like that, that bring about, um, yeah, these spaces where people can really have an encounter with God. But, but you're right. I mean, this is an opportunity that we have all the time, even just with each other, even right now, as you and I are talking that this is a moment and Pope Francis even talks about that, that this becomes sacred ground between two people. When you begin to share what's going on under the surface in our hearts. And um, I think there's really some keys about that. And, And I think women are naturally good at stuff like this, but sometimes we can also learn how to do it. If this isn't like our strong suit, um, we can learn how to do that. So when I'm thinking about uh, creating environments, I'm thinking I want it to be beautiful, even if it's simple. So if I'm having someone over at my house, like I have a friend coming over right after we have this podcast and we have a lot that we're going to dive into and a lot of things like tough things to wrestle through and talk about. But I was like, I want to make muffins and I'm going to light a candle and <laughs> and that, that's going to happen. Whether, you know, the house is perfectly clean. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but but there are some things of just little touches of beauty that I think speak to who God is. God is a God who is everything that is true and good and beautiful. That's what the catechism teaches us. So I think when we want to create an environment for an encounter, it's an environment that speaks to the things of God so that this is going to be a place of honesty, that as you and I are talking even right now, that I'm going to be honest with you about the questions that you ask and the things that are going on underneath the surface, um, that that creates environment for encounter too. 
because it's really when we are allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and get real that we can have this encounter with God because God wants the truth. He is the truth. And and when we have places where we can remove the masks and be who we really are, I think that opens the door for these real and tangible encounters with God. So I think as women, we can do that by the way that we are vulnerable with one another. It doesn't mean you have to share everything that's going on, but but a sense of openness to the other, um, little touches of beauty, and and that we surround people with goodness. It's how we speak to them, how we look at them, how we're present to them. Uh, these are things that I think open hearts and they unlock hearts. And that's kind of what I'm like really the most interested in is like, how can we unlock hearts so that they can encounter God and that we can unlock mysteries of his heart as well? Yeah, that's so beautiful, Heather. I think it's so important, isn't it? Because the world is such a harsh place. And it, it's mm-hmm. busy and it's chaotic. And we get so many bumps <clears throat> and bruises throughout life that really wound us in very mm-hmm. deep places. And I guess those natural defences are to be hardened. But my experience has been with women, and, and I try and do this in my home as well, that when you do create an environment, something just is disarmed. When people encounter mm-hmm. an environment that's full of welcome, beauty, truth and goodness, it disarms the person, doesn't it? They're defensive. Mm-hmm. Allows them mm-hmm. to encounter, I guess, a Christ in you or in myself when they encounter us, but also just to encounter themselves in a more mm-hmm. true, deeper way, which is just beautiful. Yeah. I, I love that because we're very big on environment in our home as well, creating atmosphere. And I think my husband has a beautiful gift of hospitality, but it's amazing mm-hmm. what that does, watching people when they come over and there's candles lit. And like you said, it's just the little things. It's simple but it has a very mm-hmm. powerful impact. Yeah. And in a way, all those things are saying, I see you to the other person. I, I thought about you. I anticipated some of the things that you might like or enjoy. Um, and that would make you feel comfortable in this space. And that goes for like events to people, you know, coming into my home to just, you know, come over for a chat and a coffee or something like that. Yeah, it's beautiful. So Heather, can you share a little bit more about yourself and your story? Because I know that back in 2005, you founded Life Restoration with your husband, Jake. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to know a little bit more about that. But before we discuss that, can you share a little bit about who you are and your family and mm-hmm. I guess what brought you to this place? Yeah, so I'm Canadian, as you said. So I, I live here in Canada and I grew up here. My parents are from Scotland. They immigrated to Canada. And, um, but I did live in the States for about 10 years. So I, after I graduated from high school, I went on a ministry team that was kind of traveling around a bunch of young adults traveling around doing retreats for teenagers, just like the initial kind of evangelization gospel message that we were sharing with people. And, and then I ended up at Franciscan university in Ohio for a little while where I I studied there. And that's where I met my husband, Jake. He's from Alabama. So that was quite a, you know, cultural shock when we had our wedding. And there was these, you know, all these people from Alabama with belt buckles on and my dad's wearing his kilt. So it was a, <laughs> a bit of a mix, bit of a fun mix that occurred there. Yeah. And then we um we lived in Colorado for a, a little while. And when Jake decided to do his master's degree in counseling, um, we came back here to where my family is from in British Columbia so that he could study full time. That was kind of the offer that was on the table as you know, sometimes parents are able to offer these things that you're just like, wow, this is an amazing gift, you know, that we're able to just come home and 
and be with them while he was going to school full time. And then, and now we, we ended up staying here. We didn't move back to the States and we've just sort of built our life here and we have three children. So our oldest is uh, going to turn 20 tomorrow and she is at Franciscan university as well, studying theology and catechetics, which is what we studied. So that's just a really amazing experience to see her in that place. And then I have a son that's 17. He kind of, put his life on fast forward a little bit and skipped his senior year. He's finishing two classes quickly online so that he can go to Franciscan university, uh, right. Just here in a couple of weeks, like beginning of January. So amazing that he's chosen to do that. That was really, we're kind of trying to adjust to like the pace that God is moving in our kids' lives. Um, and maybe it's different than what we thought it would be. And then we have a, another daughter and she's 16. So she has another year and a half of high school left. So yeah. So we're, we're parenting, we're, we're in full-time ministry. As you said, we started life restoration way back when, and, and initially that was just kind of like the umbrella that we put everything under. So Jake's counseling practice, and I was doing youth ministry and all these various things that were going on. And I feel like as we continue to pray and discern, God has just been narrowing the focus of what we do and, and who we're speaking to and the kinds of things that we're offering, you know, you get to a point where you're like, wow, I can't do it all. Like what, what Lord within this realm of evangelization and formation are you calling us to? And, and so now, yeah, it's really mostly um, men and women and young adults that we do ministry with. And a lot of accompaniment and formation, we're just finding that there's so many people um, because of the variety of circumstances that we've grown up with. And there's a lot of things people didn't get along the way that maybe they should have gotten, you know, um, whether it be within their family structure or their community. And so just helping form people so that they can be open to the grace of God. It's like grace builds on nature. And so we want to help people like become fully human, become who they were, who God intended them to be. Um, but then also there's this really strong evangelization piece, which has been my heart for a long time, ever since I was a young person and encountered God in a really personal way. Um, it just started to burn, you know, to share that with people and for other people to experience that as well. So, yeah, so I think we, it involves a lot of healing stuff as well. And going under the surface, I think that's probably where Jake and I uh, would say our ministry lands the most is under the surface with people. Even as I said that at the beginning, I was like, this is so true. This is where we, we sort of are all the time is like, let's get into the real stuff that's going on in the hearts and um, help unlock those places and bring the freedom of Christ there so that we can be fully alive. Such an important ministry, Heather, isn't it? Because I think, you know, in the work that I do as well, we see just people lacking in very practical skills of doing life. So there's the spiritual mm -hmm. formation that we we need, but there's this human formation too, which is just mm -hmm. practical skills of how to negotiate, how to live life, how to live life fully and live mm -hmm. life full. That's the life that Christ has called us to. But because of circumstances and a lack of formation in family perhaps, a lot of people are held back. And, and that's mm -hmm. what I, I really love about your ministry is there's that deeper invitation no matter what your background, like there's this hope in the person mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ, that we actually can encounter him and encounter freedom despite yeah. circumstances that have led us to that point. That's right. We were made for more. That's at the heart of like what I truly believe and hope for people is that we were made for more. God wants us to live the full life. And what, what do we need to do to begin to like, one, like have his restoration power come into places in our life that we really need that. 
but also to learn new ways, new ways to live, new ways to be free, to love and be loved, which is at the heart of every human person, really. So help me out. How do women do that? Like you, you said that, you know, they learn things, they can do that. What is a starting place for women perhaps who might be struggling, who are starting this new year instead of having that fresh start that we also desire at the beginning of a new year, they're laboring under the burden of who they are or the heaviness of life. How mm-hmm. can women practically listening to this maybe begin that journey? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big believer in really understanding our story and and understanding that story first and then in light of the gospel and sal- the whole story of salvation. Because I think often we find ourselves just life is sort of handling us. <laughs> like we're not, we're not, and I'm not talking about control, like, because I don't think we, we really, that's usually an illusion that we have control over our life. Um, but life is sort of just happening to many of us. You know, we're, we're hustling around. We're really busy. We have full plates. There's lots of responsibilities that we have lots of things we're responding to. And often we're not living a really intentional life where we have stopped to listen and ask God, what is the vision that you have for my life? Even for this year, like maybe life is a big, way too big a question, you know, for some people right now, but it's like, what is the vision that you have for this year? And on our podcast, one of the things that we have been doing the last few years is called our word of the year. And it's really just taking time to sit with God and say, is there a theme or a word that you would like to give to me to focus on and kind of break open and meditate on and work into um, throughout this year? And and that, that's been a, a really helpful practice. So I think there's lots of practical tools out there as to how we can begin to open the door to live an intentional life. And um so that would be one. And I think the other one is, yeah, begin to reflect on our story. Like, who who am I? Like, and who who does God desire me to be? How did I get here? Why do I love the things I love? Why do I struggle with the things I struggle with? That's a really important question, I think, for many of us to ponder. And And is there hope that my life could be different going forward? You know, I, I'm just such a believer in don't settle. Absolutely. Don't settle you know, don't settle for second best. Don't settle for mediocrity. Um, let's really pursue the full life that Jesus has, has promised us. He said, as in John 10, 10, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. And I think he means that. I I really do. Absolutely. So do I. And I mean, you would have watched The Chosen. That meant mm-hmm. everybody's binging on The mm-hmm. Chosen. But when you watch that, that, that whole scripture comes to life for me in a whole new way that, and you realize like he, he does really mean that. And we have mm-hmm. to remember that the words of Christ are the same. They have the same power today as they did when he spoke them. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's beautiful, just that intentionality in coming into a new year and asking mm-hmm. some really good questions about our life. Yeah. It's so easy to drift, isn't it? Like we, it, it, oh, life sort yeah. of causes you to drift along. And uh, it's. I think it's a really good opportunity. God gives us these opportunities. I think Lent and Advent, but the start of the new year is another one where we can take stock and do a bit of an inventory of our life. Mm-hmm. Asking mm-hmm. these questions. I am a bit Yeah, and I think sorry, uh, sorry I was just going to say yeah, one one of the things that I think is a huge question to ask or ask God is um who are you? Really? Who who are you? I was just thinking about that a lot today, actually. I thought, you know, I think most people haven't encountered the real Jesus and they don't understand how relevant he is in every aspect of their life. Mother Teresa said, 
Jesus explains our life. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice, you know, interesting comment to make. <laughs> but I think I'm I'm starting to get it. I'm like, oh my goodness, like my my life is making sense more than ever. The more that I press into that, like Jesus, who are you really? And I, I love the chosen for that reason, like because it gives us examples of what he might have been like, what his personality might have been like, what kind of guy was this that walked around the earth and people just dropped everything to follow him? Like who who could be like that? Who was that captivating? Who was that powerful um, that he could cause such a ruckus amongst everybody? What kind of guy is he? And and pressing into that question has radically changed my life in the last decade. You know, it's like you grow up with certain ideas of who God is and you go to church and you try to do the right thing and you try to be a good person, whatever we think that is. Um, but I don't know how many of us are really stopping to say, Jesus, who are you? And will you show me? Because he's a real person. You know, he's not just like an idea. He's not just like a figure that lived a long time ago that that we can remember. Like he's a real person right now that we can encounter. So, so powerful. When you you talk about you know living life to the full, and I guess everything that you're doing at Life Restoration is about helping people to live that life to the full, to live the abundant life. What does that look like for people? Mm. I guess because you know we can hear these concepts around faith, we can read these scriptures, but we, so kind of bringing them to life for people, like giving them a vision for what this could actually mean and look like in their own life. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. Habakkuk says, you know, without the vision, the people perish, write it down so it is clear so that you, so what is that vision, Heather? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wrote a book um, a couple of years ago called Abide and in there is like all this stuff that I'm talking about with you because I, <laughs> I got approached by Avi Maria Press. They were like, would you like to write a book? And if you could write a book, like what would you want to write a book about? And I, I thought, I don't, I don't know. I've never thought about writing a book. Like it really caught me off guard. And then as I sat down to pray about it, this is everything that I just thought, I want to I want to write about the things that burn in my heart, like about that I really believe are true and that matter, you know, to people about, about life and what does it look like, as you said, to embrace this full life and to live into it. And I love practical things too. It's so important to me. When I'm listening to someone speak, I often want to go, great, but like, how or like or like so what like what does that mean like in my day-to-day -day life how do I do it so I really tried to offer some practical tools to help people journey into these different areas and it's really meant to be a book that you can kind of come back to and go over and over and over again so so I'm just going to sort of like uh, like graze over some of these topics but they actually are, are are quite deep um as we press into them but I I think a lot of it has to do with understanding the real story of salvation and what has happened there. Like we can look at the Bible as a book that's like just like a whole bunch of different stories, or we can see the overarching principles. My daughter is studying theology, as I said, and she's starting to take these scripture classes. And she really actually had quite a grasp on Old Testament stories. And she was able to call them to mind, but she didn't see the overarching story that was happening across all of those things and all the themes that were occurring until this year. And she said, my mind is just blown, mom. Like I can't, I can't believe this. Like it's just changing everything. And I thought, amen, girl, it is changing everything because salvation history is, is our story. This is our story. Yours and my, my story. It's not a story that happened to a bunch of other people. This is the big story. 
that we're all in right now. We're right in the middle of it. And we're waiting for Christ to come again. We're waiting for the fulfillment of everything. And I think to engage with like who we are, where we came from and where we're going. This is JP two with his theology of the body. He's always like, we need to understand like these things where we, where it began from the beginning. And I would say in the overarching story, if we understand like in the garden of Eden and how we were created for love, we're created out of love for love to be perfectly free. That's the original intent of God for us, for you and me, that we would be free, that free to love, not hiding, no shame, no sorrow, no pain, no struggle, that we would be in perfect union with God and and in perfect union with like creation, you know, that everything was in right order. And then when the enemy came in and, and Adam and Eve sinned, there was a rupture that occurred that they could not fix. That That is a real, true reality that we all are living in the result of that. We are in a situation where we cannot fix things that have been done in the area of, of sin, that we've been born into a world of sin. So that's why we experience so much pain and suffering. And, you know, some people are listening right now and they're like, oh my gosh, are we in grade one again? Like how, why are we going back and listen to all these basic things? And I think because we don't understand what this means. So let's just take that piece. This matters in our life because you and I were made for that union, but we also there's been ruptures in our life. Just as the enemy came in and whispered lies to Adam and Eve, he has come into my life and into your life through wounds that we've experienced and circumstances that were not, they should not have happened to us, that didn't go the way it was supposed to go, that God intended because there's sin in the world. And we experienced hurt and there's ruptures there between us and God, between us and our own hearts. There's ruptures deep within us. And in the salvation story that we belong to, Jesus came to fill the gap and to heal the rupture. And that's what he wants to do in our life. So to experience a full life, that's the question you're asking. <laughs> well, it's to it's to begin to understand that we were made for God and union with him, that we were made for love, that we actually deserve that in our life. We are sons and daughters of a king of kings who is the king of love. This is what we were made for. And so when we have ruptures in our life and places where there's sin and darkness and hiding and shame and pain and wounds, whether we've chosen it or someone has chosen to bring that into our life, Jesus wants to come in to heal the rupture and to restore our union with God. And that's what living the full life is about, is to be able to journey deep into the darkness with Jesus and to have his light come to heal and restore things to where they should have been and that he can fill all the gaps. So for example, it's like if we didn't have great parents, you know, and it even says this in the catechism, there is no father like God is father, that the fatherhood of God has power to restore even those things that have been broken um, and never should have been that way. And as we do that journey over and over again, and I truly believe this is what it means to follow Jesus, is to walk in his steps. And what did he do? He walked, he suffered, he died, he rose. And that's the path for us to new life too, is that we need to walk and there will be suffering and there will be deaths in our life. But as we invite the power of Christ in there, resurrection is supposed to occur as well. And that doesn't just mean when we get to heaven. You know, that's the part of Psalm 23. It's like, I believe I will see your goodness in the land of the living. And that's right now where we are. So these are big concepts. And still people might be like, 
well, holy smokes, how do I do that? You know, like, and I would say, yeah, there's lots of steps to that, but we at least have to begin to understand where we've come from and where we're going and what life is supposed to look like, what's supposed to be happening. That's the big story. Just as you're talking there, I just, I don't know, I don't have much to say right now. I'm just absorbing, like, <clears throat> the weight of that. Like, it really, as you're speaking that out, like, it just invites me into contemplation of mm-hmm. that grand story. And I think just for people listening, just to really try and sit with that a little bit, mm-hmm. that Christ came for you, like, he came for mm-hmm. you. And regardless of the pain in your life, he's there and he does. I think the important thing is that, we are invited to go into our story, but we do that with Christ. Mm-hmm. Really Absolutely. Because I think yeah. if we try to do that work, and I've seen people try and do that work, or they, they grieve without hope, without the hope of that bigger vision, it leads to despair. So mm-hmm. I think that's the, the hope and the full life that Jesus does invite us to is that with mm-hmm. him all things are possible, including that healing and restoration. Yeah. And healing, you know, is kind of a big topic in the world right now. People are actually embracing that concept more and more. And there's sort of this like openness now to talking about mental health and struggles and maybe going to see a therapist or counseling or whatever it might be. But I still think what I'm seeing in the culture is almost like that's being twisted to to look inward and to just keep obsessing about our wounds in the places of brokenness. And there is something very powerful. Yes. And as I said, about coming to grips with your story and understanding what happened there and being able to grieve. Yes. But as you said, if we don't do that with Jesus, we are going to stay obsessed with what has happened and all of the brokenness that's there. And I think that often leads people into a cycle of depression and anxiety and victimhood where they are just going to be perpetually a victim of all of these things that occurred. And that's what it looks like to try to look inward without Jesus. But when we look inward with Jesus, we don't just have this person who's there. We have someone who has the power to heal and restore and resurrect things that have been dead and broken. And that really is the hope that we have as Christians. And it's not, like I said, this big hope of this big story that's sort of distant from us. This is a big hope and a big concept that God wants to bring personally into your life and my life and all of those who are listening, that in the places where I'm hurt, where I'm broken, where I'm hurting, that Jesus wants to come in right there. That yes, it's for the world, but it's also for you and me, the mysteriously, you know, it's also for you and me. And I think that's the encounter that Jesus wants to have with all of us is for for us to know deep in our heart that he sees us and he knows. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think for there's so many women that I've walked with over the years that I, I notice in them, they, they almost feel like they don't have a right to be happy, that mm-hmm. it's sort of like a cross that they must bear, pick up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. So can you speak into that lie for a moment? Mm-hmm. Because I do see that showing up in the lives of some women. They actually don't believe that they personally have a right. It's It's similar around self-care or you know, giving yourself permission to care for yourself. Um, Do you see that in the lives of the people that you work with as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is the, 
these are the ruptures. This is where the enemy whispers, just as he did in the garden. He started to whisper these lies and like suggestions of things that weren't true to Adam and Eve that really struck at like the heart of God of who he is. So he's suggesting things like, hmm, is God withholding something from you? I mean, maybe he isn't who he says he is. Maybe he, maybe he, he's holding out on you. And those things, when we actually consider it, it's very real in our life. It's very real and active in my life and in your life and everybody, every human heart right now. The enemy is, as scripture says, like a, a lion seeking to kill and destroy. And he's like a prowling lion and he's really subtle about how he's good. This is his job. This is what he does. He's really good at it. He's good at deceiving us. He's good at, at telling us stories that aren't true so that it will pull us away from who God is. So this is a big story that he tells so many people that you don't deserve it. You're not worthy of it. Um, you, you've sinned too much. You, yeah, there, there's something wrong with you. You know, these are the things that I think the enemy wants us to believe so that we don't come close to God. We don't ask God. We don't believe that he has good things in store for us. And that's just simply not true. It's simply not true. And, and I think one of the biggest weapons that I've learned, um, to, to use in that area of my life is, uh, scripture because this is the truth of God. This is his word and what he says matters. So I often think we are um, sitting on the edge of our seat, hanging on every word that the enemy says, instead of sitting on the edge of our seat, hanging on the words of God that are written in this book that we can go pick up anytime and read, you know, or you can Google it. You know, what does God have to say about who I am? What does God have to say about um, whether I'm chosen or not, you can, you can Google that and see what scriptures come up. And I actually did that. So I'm just going to share a couple right now. So I, when I was just like, what does God have to say about who we are? Ephesians 2:19. you are no longer strangers, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. That's saying we belong to a family. And I think often we don't feel like we belong We've experienced a lot of wounds around being excluded or pushed away, or people don't like us, or we're not welcome here. But scripture's trying to tell us, no, you belong to the household of God. As baptized Christians, as Catholics, we belong to the family of God. Here's another one in 1 Peter. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people but now you are God's people. There's all throughout scripture, you will hear God saying, I have chosen you. I, I see you. I have chosen you. And I have called you by name and you are mine. And it's not you who initiates first. I'm the one who initiates first. And it's all throughout scripture is this huge love letter of God saying, you are not disqualified. There's nothing that you can do that disqualifies you from my love and from the full life that I have for you. Now, us believing that and us allowing the, the lies to be undone and that truth to settle in is going to take some work and it's going to take some time. But like anything, the more you marinate in something, the more it will seep in. And, and I think we marinate in lies a lot. And we don't often take time to marinate in the truth, especially in scripture. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, the word of God is so powerful. And I think there is a real invitation as we begin this year to ground ourselves in the word of God 
So I think whatever struggles different women have, to like you said, to, to Google, to look up, and to just put on post-it notes around the house, those scriptures. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, how often are we starting our day scrolling on our phones instead mm-hmm. of opening the word of God? And so it's it's so true that just those lies are everywhere. Jonathan mm-hmm. and I often do, back in the day, a lot of school seminars around sexuality formation and, you know, we do adult formation. But we used to have this saying that said fish discover water last, that fish mm-hmm. are surrounded in water in this environment. They never step back and say, is this good for me or not? And, and we're very similar that even though we've been walking the faith for many years, we're immersed in a culture that's self-obsessed, self-glorified, and it's self-reliant and so Mm. we are affected by that and so I think there is a great invitation to kick off the year with intention Mm -hmm. but being grounded in the word of God Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a significant practice that we can begin to incorporate even if it's just simply one scripture just sit with one, you know, just write it on a, like you said, on a little sticky note, put it in your bathroom mirror. Um, some people have chalkboards in their homes, you know, with little quotes on it. Well, maybe you just pick one scripture and that's it. You know, that's going to be your one for the year. Yeah. And it just has, and it's simple, isn't it? I think sometimes mm-hmm. it's when we get overwhelmed by making too many changes. So it's mm-hmm. just choosing one simple thing and little by little mm-hmm. doing that and incorporating, I think cultivating these practices in our life is so important. I remember there was a woman once I knew and, and she became a Christian and her mum was really worried. She was a Greek mother and she was worried that she was reading, going to too many youth groups and reading too much of the Bible. And she goes, they're going to brainwash you. And mm. she said, well, mum, my brain needs washing, like <laughs> in the Holy Spirit because it's just been so formed by the lies of the world and her experiences in life. And, mm. and her journey from, you know, being really broken in who she, at the core of who she was, to being, you know, an international speaker now who's an evangelist. Like that was a powerful journey that began Mm -hmm. by just reading the word of God every day. So I think Mm -hmm. that's so true. And and he is, he's the master of lies. We we have to slow our brains down. I think it's a practical skill to do a little bit of coaching with women on how you can slow down and, and just mm-hmm. capture those thoughts, capture those lies that mm-hmm. are going through your head, writing them out on paper, speaking them out, because there's mm-hmm. so much power when we sort of take something from inside our head and put it out mm-hmm. on paper. And when we see it, we're like, oh, that's terrible. That's just mm-hmm. absolutely terrible what I'm saying to myself. Mm-hmm. Equally as much power in the, the spoken declaration of the word of God, like actually speaking totally. I am chosen. I am beloved. I am forgiven. You know, mm-hmm. I am set free. All of those things. Such. That's one of the reasons why I love worship music, actually, because I feel like there's even when I don't know how to say it or what to say, there's someone saying it for me. And I can just agree with it. I can just have it on in my home at any time, which I often do, because I'm like, I want an atmosphere of truth, of goodness, of, of, um, things that are going to come against the lies that I'm going to be hit with a thousand times in the day, Uh, which goes back to just what I was saying earlier. You know, if we don't understand this part of the story, that there is an enemy who is going to be biting at our heels all day long and trying to come in the back door and, you know, like wreak havoc in our, in our home, our heart, um, then we're going to miss it. And we're just going to be wandering around wondering why life is so hard. Why is why it's so difficult to like make any progress in certain areas because we don't even know there's an enemy there 
that's attacking us. So it's like, you got to know your enemy. You got to know his strategies and you have to have weapons, you know, to bring against him. And, and scripture and truth is a huge one. You know, I think the mass sacraments, prayer, like all of those things as well. I think we underestimate the power of scripture in our daily life. Have you had an experience in your own life? I guess, I guess the wisdom that you carry and your depth of spirituality comes through your own journey because we all know, mm-hmm. you know that God redeems us, not for our own sake, but then so we can also be a blessing to others. Have you had an encounter in your life where you struggled, I guess, wrestled, I guess, with that the, that wrestle between truth and lies and really trying to become intentional but being I think sometimes in life when we start this journey of healing, we take two steps forward, but sometimes we feel five steps backwards or we might get a certain way down our life and think, well, why is this coming up again? I've already dealt with this. Have you ever had mm-hmm. an experience in your life? Sort of- mm, I feel like I have a thousand experiences in my life. <laughs> like that, you know, I think which is like most of us, like we have like all of these places that are lost in a sense within us. Like they're just, they're just isolated and hanging out there like young parts of ourselves or wounded parts of ourselves. that, yeah, if I'm in a certain situation, that part is just going to sort of like leap up in, in my heart and be like right there. Suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, where did me go? Who's here? Like right now, like all of a sudden I'm this younger version of myself, like responding to what's going on in a situation. And I might feel afraid or I might feel angry or upset or whatever it might be. But the first one that comes to mind is, you know, when I grew up, I grew up in a Catholic family and all that stuff. I have good parents and they try their best and all those things. I have a couple siblings. I'm the youngest. Um, but I I did have a, a lot of difficulty with one of my brothers and it, it caused a lot of trauma in my life, like a lot of like spiritual trauma. He was really involved in the occult and fear was a huge thing in my life. Like it was it was so enormous to the point that I couldn't sleep very well at night. Like I would often be like waiting until the sun would come up. I hated the dark. I was so afraid of the dark because a lot of bad things happened in the dark. And there was a lot of spiritual dynamics that were like really, really painful for me as a child. And so in all of those times, and this is where I think most people, you might not be able to relate to that, but you can relate to this part is when you pray, when you're suffering and you feel like nothing happens. And and that's where I found myself often as a child was laying in my bed, scared out of my wits, asking God to come and help me and feeling like he didn't. And so the lie that came in, the enemy, just so subtly as a vulnerable child, and this is where we we often have these places where the enemy got us really good because we were just a kid. We were just we we're just so young and so vulnerable when something happened that never should have happened. And the lie came in so subtly. See, he's not listening. He doesn't care. He's too far away. He doesn't see what's happening here. And he's not coming. I didn't know that at the time. And I didn't know that for a lot of years that that was something that I carried, even as a follower of Jesus, even as someone who had experienced a lot of great things. And I was super into my faith. I didn't know how deep that lie was activated in my life. It's almost like when something gets planted and it starts out as like this tiny little sapling and years later, it's this enormous tree. 
it's not just an enormous tree. It has roots that go very deep in, and they, they scatter through all of these different places under the ground. And that was like in my heart, this lie had taken root and it was going all weaving all throughout different areas of my life and my story. And and God, as I began to encounter him as a young person, it's like in the story of salvation, how we see, you know, these wounds, these ruptures that occur, or even sins on behalf of people choosing to go against God. And what does God do? He pursues, he pursues, he makes covenants, he's coming, he's coming again, he's coming, you know, and then he's going to send his son. And it's like, he just keeps like coming after us relentlessly. And that's what I feel like God was doing in my story, although I couldn't perceive it all the time. When I look back, hindsight, you know, you have sometimes better vision, but I remember being a young person. I was 14 years old. I'm sitting in this crowd of people in a gym. It was a youth conference I was at. It was like 500 young people there. I was super awkward, very broken, actually, and carrying around this lie that no one see me, no one saw me. God didn't see me. God was far away. And as I was sitting there one night, this guy who was speaking, it was Peter Herbeck, actually. A lot of people know him from Renewal Ministries. He was speaking at this conference. And after his talk, they started playing music. And he just walked off the stage right up to me in the middle of a crowd. And I was so shy. I was just like paralyzed almost that he was like right there. And he just said, I don't know who you are. He said, but the whole time that I was talking, I had this deep sense from the Holy Spirit that God has great things for you. And is it okay if I just pray with you? And I was like, uh, I could barely speak. Like I was just so freaked out. I was like, okay. You know, and at the same time, like I, I felt so loved in a sense, you know? And, and so as he prayed, I had such a personal encounter with God. I, I can't describe it because it was so deep within my heart and what I knew in that moment was God was not far away. He was very close to me and he saw me. He saw all the wreckage. He saw all the pain, but he also saw like that word that Peter said to me, he has great things in store for you. He was saying to me, there is something coming for you that God has in store for you. That is not what you think. That is not what you've lived. It's not the pain that you've known. It's something else, you know? Now, how that's unfolded throughout the years is crazy. It's absolutely crazy what God has done and how he's restored so many things. But I, I think that that's like just an example. And I think God has given me these like really clear examples so that I could share them with people, to be honest. I think this is just part of it. It's like we all have these places where we feel like God doesn't see us or he's far away or he's not listening. And what I realized was that even back in my bed, as I was like trying to sleep and I was suffering as a kid, I was so protected. Even though, yes, there was struggle and there was hardship and all of that, God was protecting me from a lot of things that were going on at that time. And it just totally reshaped my view of who God is. And so I carry that with me to this day that God, God isn't distant, far away with his arms folded, just sort of watching us suffer you know, that he's intimately involved in our life and that he wants to come in and let us know that. He wants us to know this truth in a really personal way. And and I think that's one of the most beautiful things. You know, we've just come out of the Christmas season, but I think we can still remember all of the things that were spoken. Then the big phrase we hear is Emmanuel, that God is with us, that he's come down uh, from the highest places 
right into the middle of the mess. And that's right now your heart and my heart. <laughs> so beautiful, Heather. That's such a you've got me all a bit emotional listening to your story because mm-hmm. as you're talking, I'm thinking of my life too, just those encounters that I've had with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he gives those to us as a gift, as evidence and memory mm-hmm. so that we can draw on those when we do go through the difficult seasons as well. But I think mm-hmm. it's so important that women just sort of sit at the moment, wherever they are, and just reflect on that, that God does see you, that you matter, mm-hmm. that you are mm-hmm. the beloved, that his favour does rest upon you and that he mm-hmm. wants to draw you to him this year. This mm-hmm. year is going to be a year that is different to all the others because the Lord wants to come and meet you where you are right now listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes, he does. And, and I think, you know, this would be the year uh, for people. It's like the beautiful thing about a new year is that we're beginning again. You know, you just get to start, start over in some ways. And what if this was the year that we just radically pursued God? And we're like, I just want to know you. I want to get to know you. I want to pursue this truth and beauty and goodness. I want to put myself in, in um, environments for encounter. I want to, I want to, show up at church, like with an open heart, ready to encounter God and begging him to come and show me who he is. And, and we see that even in scripture, you know, like Moses is saying like, God, show me your face. Like, that's just like the most beautiful prayer. I'm like, I still am like saying that prayer, you know, um, and God wants to show us who he is. I think you're saying, you know, positioning yourself to have an encounter mm-hmm. with him. I also think some of the other ways that women can do that is to get alongside other women and to get involved with some kind mm-hmm. of community of other women because we're created in and for relationships. So we can't do this journey of faith or this journey I agree. Of on our own. We're not meant to. The so true. does get in with those wounds and he picks us off to isolate us. And when we're isolated, we're incredibly vulnerable to despair and self-loathing, criticism and really doubting the Lord's presence in our life. So I think getting involved and positioning yourself in community with other women is another crucial step. And there's lots of ways that you can do that. Like I think, you know, mm-hmm. we um, we have a movement here in Australia called Sisterhood, which is a Catholic, national Catholic women's movement. And, and a lot of women. I know about it. Conference. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and it's it's really beautiful. And we have connect groups that run in most states. But if you're in a rural area or if you're overseas or anywhere, you can just start where you are. Like you, all you need is one other woman. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and you might not necessarily connect with her immediately, but and asking the Lord to bring women into your life, asking the Lord to bring that community, um, I think is just so important. I agree with you. Yeah, we are not meant to do it alone. And, you know, even the the two girls that I podcast with, Sister Miriam and Michelle, like we we don't even live near each other. We Michelle and I lived near each other for two years at or three years at university, and that was it, you know. And we've somehow like God has just woven our hearts together, even amidst the distance. So I know there's some people listening, they're like, I don't know, I don't have anybody like right here, or I'm I I'm kind of homebound or whatever it might be, you know. Uh there's ways. There's ways around that to build connection with other people. And you're right. We're not meant to do it alone. And I think um, COVID obviously isolated everybody. Um, We noticed Mm -hmm. that a lot of people aren't coming back to church and they're they're a bit Mm -hmm. fearful about reconnecting. 
But one of the blessings of COVID was we ran a few online connect groups. And like I know mm. that there's lots of different areas that are doing that sort of thing. And so I really want to encourage women to to really step out, to make yourself vulnerable, um, to ask. Mm. Because you never know. If you step out and ask and say, I have this need for community, you might find a whole lot of other women sitting in their homes hoping and praying mm. for the same things. So that's another thing. And then the third thing I just say in terms of a practical step for the year is to, I guess, encounter or, or get linked in with some way in which you can be formed in human formation. So whatever mm -hmm. the area is in your life, whether it's your marriage, your parenting, your work, spirituality, friendship, there's something, I mean, gosh, look at the explosion of what's available online. You know, mm -hmm. there's so much available to us, but it's trying to find something online or, or even in person, whether it's therapy or prayer ministry, that can really help you, um, mm -hmm. I guess, gain those skills. Seeking mm -hmm. women who could mentor you um, in that particular area of vulnerability or, or weakness. So I think there's lots of things that I really want to encourage women to do and to take practical steps. And perhaps before this podcast ends right now, just think of the one thing that you might commit to over this next week. So we say never leave the scene of the crime without taking mm. action. So never leave That's a conversation great. without an action. So really encourage women to do that. But Heather, I just really want to thank you for your presence and your wisdom. It's just um, so many times during that conversation just had me captivated. So um, mm. just really want to thank you. It's good to be with you. Yeah, and I'm just wondering, would you close in prayer and just, I guess, seal the work and the things that have mm -hmm. been stirred in people's hearts for us? I would love to. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we just pause for a moment right now, and you know where each listener is right now, whether they're being in their car or at home or in a pickup lane at school, wherever they might be, Jesus, you know, and more importantly, you know what is under the surface and in our hearts, you know, our desires, you know, our aches, you know, the places of struggle, the places where we feel maybe shame or we feel disqualified. Jesus, you are the way, you're the truth and the life. And so I ask that you would come into the hearts of every listener to bring your truth, that you would dispel the darkness of the lies that we believe, that you would bring your life, your resurrection power into places that are dead, in places that um, have grown cold. And Jesus, that you would be the way, that you would show us the way closer to you, away from the sin, away from the darkness, away from the hiding, away from the isolation, into living the full life that you have promised to us. So Lord, I just ask by the power of your spirit that you would come into the hearts and minds and lives of each person listening in a more full way, God, and that you would help them to come to know you, that you would give them tools, that you would open doors for community um, so that they could journey closer to you. And I just pray, Father, that your blessing would be upon us. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Well, I don't know about you, but that conversation led me into some deep places of contemplation. And I really hope and pray that it did the same for you and that there were some really practical ideas, insights and wisdom that you can apply to your own life as you begin this new year. I really want to encourage you in the next week, preferably the next day, to carve out some time and space to just put into place or set some actions that you are going to take to really start this year with intention. Sometimes we can listen to a great speaker or hear a great podcast and we can get busy and go on to the next task and we lose the essence of what was said. Now, I truly believe that the wisdom that Heather shared in our conversation today is so rich and there is an invitation there, as she said, to encounter the Lord And I think as you listen to this podcast episode, the Holy Spirit was probably stirring areas in your heart or prompting you to take action. So wherever you are right now, get out your phone or in your journal, I want you to write down what is one actionable step that you're going to take this week in the area that I guess the Holy Spirit was starting to stir within you during this podcast because the Lord truly does want you to live that life to the full that he promises. He wants you to live a life of freedom and wholeness in him. Now, one of the ways that you can kickstart this process, and I really recommend getting a copy of Heather's book, Abide. Now, this is available online, so there's no excuses. You should get online and order your copy today. Then if you'd like to go further with that deeper work, with understanding your story and trying to, I guess, understand the lies that have been running your life, those scripts that you're living by, then can I invite you to check out our Catholic coaching programs for women? You can do that by visiting our website, www.geniusproject.co and checking out the coaching page. In our Catholic coaching programs, we take you through a process of understanding your story and we do this under the gaze of the Holy Spirit. We also take a look at helping you to learn to capture those lies that are really the scripts that you are living by. And often we are living by these scripts at a level that is below our conscious awareness. But those lies are determining how we show up in our lives. And the Lord does not want you to live by lies. He wants you to live in truth. And so one of the processes that we teach women in Catholic coaching is how to live in truth, how to identify the lies, but then how to live in truth. So ladies, if you're interested in that process, if you want to kickstart your year off to the best possible start, I can't recommend Catholic coaching enough. Please visit our website if you're interested or send me a DM on Instagram, genius underscore project underscore daily, or you're welcome to send me an email, karen at geniusproject.co. Ladies, if you live in Australia, I would also love to invite you to join us for the Sisterhood National Catholic Women's Conference, which will be happening on the 17th to the 19th of March in Sydney, Australia. You can visit the website to register at www.sisterhood.org.au. This is an incredible conference where you can connect with other women of different ages and seasons in life, where you can be fed and formed in the word of God, and you can encounter him in the sacraments. So ladies, please come and join us. We had to cancel the conference three years ago because of COVID. And I think it was canceled about four times after that, but it is going ahead. So if you haven't registered and you live in Australia, 
please visit the website www.sisterhood.org.au and we can't wait to connect with you there. Until next week, ladies, have a really blessed week. Get about the work of being intentional about how you're living your life. And I look forward to joining you on the podcast again next week. God bless.